Welcome to Seize the Data, a series of conversations with Graham James of Village Software. Graham is a business intelligence and data strategy consultant. He specializes in helping organizations understand how to unlock the full power of their data to transform decision-making, efficiency, and growth potential. This is the second episode in the series, and over the next 15 minutes or so, Graham talks about the very first step to helping a client become data-driven. This workshop, we call it a blueprint session, uncovers the scope and roadmap for the project ahead. The blueprint session addresses six areas. One, identification of key people. Two, what insights are needed at both business and department level. Three, identification of the data that will deliver these insights. Four, how we build the data integration matrix. Five, design and architecture of the solution. And six, deciding on the preferred reporting tool. So for now, let's crack on. Hi, Graham. Welcome back. It's nice to speak to you again today. In the previous podcast, we looked at and discussed how an organization can begin to become data-driven. We spoke about what it means to be data-driven and how to begin that journey and how to move forward in that journey. And in our last conversation, you were talking about, from Village's point of view, how you help your clients by conducting initially a Village Blueprint session at their organization at the start of the process. So I see this episode really about you taking us through what those Blueprint sessions are all about. Can you begin by explaining that, please? Becoming data-driven, what do we mean? We explained that in the last podcast. It's really using your data assets to give more insight to all the departments throughout the business into what the business or or organisation, what its own data is telling them. We call it a blueprint session, just a marketing term. We pull it together. Other businesses do things similarly. And our blueprint, we kind of base it around meeting with the different parts of the business and gleaning from them what they believe they need to better manage their part of the business. And overlaid, we speak to the corporate heads in the business, the directors, etc., as to how do they manage and measure performance throughout the organization. So The blueprint is based around, I suppose, six key elements. And what we'll cover off in this podcast today are each of those elements. So if I go through the six, you've quite rightly highlighted, and probably the most important element is that the business has to select the key areas of the business that it wants to report on. So reporting can be analytics, it can be measuring performance. So you need to select the right people from each of the areas that the business feels it needs to have more insight into. And the key here, this is probably the most important thing, is that you choose the people that are going to contribute to what we're saying overall is the analytics strategy. And their contribution from the department or area within the business is they're going to provide the information about 
what they need that they don't get now, what data they'd like to analyze more, the style of that analysis, and where they believe the data is, where they believe what the data source is. And interestingly, when you do this, the data sources are never singular. There are always multiple data sources, in my experience, that give each business area, each department that's chosen exactly what they want by way of analysis. So choosing the right people, we work with the leaders of the business who know all the people to make sure that we're looking at people who probably decision makers and influencers for each department. So it'd be the production manager from a manufacturing business, for example. It could be, I've used this example before, it could be the manager of a pathology lab in a hospital or the head of early years in children's services for a local authority. Choose the right people. And I would say the right people need to be enthusiastic about getting better information to base their decisions on. The second one is those people will hold the sessions individually with the department's business areas of the business. I always suggest that for continuity, there's somebody from the corporate side, probably the same person at all of the meetings. And this could be the information manager, the CIO, the CFO, somebody who can overlay what the business needs to manage that department, what KPIs are going to be set on that department. And so they can ensure they're understanding where the business is coming from at the department level, but they can also overlay what, as a CFO, what as a CIO, they need to enable the measurement, if you like, of performance in production, for example. Designing the content then, it's key to understand to deliver the required content, both corporate and at departmental level, what data is needed. And when you provide these sessions, when they, people start stating they need data from multiple data sources, what that throws out is where the integration points will be. So if you need to manage production, then you may have workforce information, shift patterns, et cetera, together with production data from the shop floor. So the production manager is already talking about two data sources. You may then want costs which come out of the finance. So you've suddenly got three data sources. By having a series of conversations, let's say, typical example, the business is split up into eight, six to eight, maybe 10 different key business areas. You start building up the integration requirements to deliver exactly what each business area would like to see. And what we then compile from all the sessions is the integration matrix. The integrations start overlapping department by department. If you drop it into even a simple matrix form, it starts enabling the design of the solution and the architecture that's going to suit and deliver the analytics strategy. The scope of that integration can depend on, on the type of business. So if we do a hospital, people know some of my backgrounds in healthcare, 
we may have a 19 data sources. So the integration matrix can be quite complex, but by setting it down in a, in a matrix, and we do this with the people in the room, we start to see that though there's 19 data sources, the integrations to deliver each of the analytical requirements become quite easy to understand. And then when you set it down department versus department versus department, you start seeing overlaps. That enables then the, the system architects to decide on the ETL strategy, the database strategy, and of course, whether it's going to work well, totally cloud, hybrid, or totally on-prem. So by that stage, you've covered the first four requirements. Probably that will lead on to the organization working with our systems architects to start providing the initial solution design. So you're saying there's six fundamental areas that you cover off in the blueprint session. Number one being to make sure the right people are there from across the business, advocates and representatives from different departments and divisions. Secondly, design the content. Think about both business data reporting pieces that you need, as well as what departments need to see from their data. Thirdly, you spoke there about ascertaining what data you are going to need in order to deliver the insights that are required, the chosen content. Finally, you said about building the data integration matrix and overlap of how that looks. After the first four stages then, is it feasible to say that an organization will be in a position to be able to choose the correct solution design and architecture for their data strategy moving forward? Yeah, the first four stages are where all the work's done in the sessions. An example, we've done a business recently that split their business up into eight key areas or departments, whatever we wish to call them. We did eight individual sessions and then a ninth with the corporate people across three half days. So three half days, so across one and a half days, morning, yeah. afternoon, and a morning follow-up. We covered off the first four elements in each session. They follow a good pattern where our job, so the people facilitating the session, is all around. We're gleaning ideas from the attendees, and this is why choosing the right people's probably the most important thing overall. We're gleaning the ideas of what they need to see, and it's interesting, this is always what they don't get now. To manage my department better, I would really like to analyse A, B, and C, and I can't do that now. I don't have access to the data. If I do have access to it, it's spreadsheets, whatever the reason is. And once we've ascertained what their ideal analytic strategy is, and strategy is a big word, what analysis they really want to see every day, every week, every month. Don't forget, we're going to overlay the corporate KPIs because that's just as important as well. That informs the integration matrix, like we've said. So we can see by department, what's the intensity of doing the integration piece. And therefore, when you're doing it for eight departments, then you probably do a department at a time. And so you get a quick win. Department A, start, finish, delivered, tested, signed off. Department B, same again, et cetera, et cetera. So that's a nice way of giving people wins throughout the process. 
once you've completed the sessions, you can sit down with that integration matrix showing that will tell the solution designers, which in most cases is the village solution architects, but working with the IT people from the organization. Do they want cloud? Do they want a hybrid? Hybrid's still very popular, so some data remains on-prem, some data moves to the cloud, some data is cloud-based. Once we've got that integration and the complexity, coming back to your question, that's when almost the design of the solution is just the ways and means of making that happen. That's then done quite quickly and becomes quite obvious once you've spoken with the organization's IT people about what's their security policy. Do they want the uh, village building a data warehouse in Azure Synapse? Do they want them to come through the firewall and grab data from the data sources? Do they want a data lake where data sits in a data lake? The data lake could be in the DMZ, demilitarized zone. So you're not going through the firewall, you're just going to the data lake and the DMZ. Most secure public sector often go for that architecture. All of this can be agreed very quickly because you've got the data sources, the integration of those data sources to deliver the analytics, and then you've just got to tweak, are we looking totally cloud? Is it hybrid? Is it on-prem? And the solution then, everybody knows Village, are a Microsoft partner, we can then architect options to the client that really do suit where the client is now, but will also suit where the client's going to be in the future. In the future in IT terms, you know, it's the next two, three years, not beyond that because things change so rapidly. The solution they need now and the solution that enables growth in the future. So yes, after the first four, we are in a position to agree the very best solution design and architecture in tandem with let's say, the IT specialist from the client. And then I presume it's about the reporting of that data and what reporting tools that you decide to use or the client decides that they would prefer to use. Yes, it's the final step. There's the reporting tools and then training the business users. The day-to-day users need to be trained, but to roll out the solution, to roll out BI, which is obviously critical, that the right people get the right information at the right time. So the next step is to agree what the BI tool, the business intelligence tool set might be. We're a Microsoft house, so we would probably say Power BI, mainly because it can do everything you wish it to do in our experience, and it's at a good pricing point. Many clients come with that the tool set already chosen. They may have used it previously a bit, They may have done their own research and decided what suits them well. Typically, you've got the big three, Tableau, Click, Power BI. So 90% of everything we do would use one of those three. From our point of view, we basically let the client decide what the tool set is. If they aren't informed, we could demo all three to them that I've just named. But some say you're a Microsoft shop and we do want Power BI. So can we base everything on Power BI? And bear in mind, when we're working to them, we basically put in a a Microsoft architecture. So for data warehousing, we use uh, the Azure Synapse framework and Azure Synapse analytics. 
offers the ETL as well as the data lake and data warehouse capability. But we've got clients who have all of that. And then, for example, have Click as the BI tool. We're not saying you have to have Power BI if you're working with Village. Choosing it, often we have to demo all three so they can pay the money, takes the choice. All three are fantastic, and we work with them, have specialists in each of them. They do things differently. Power BI is probably can be more programmable. Tableau can be more intuitive, so you decide what you want. But look and feel-wise, you can more or less with all of them get the look and feel out and the visualizations that, going back to the first four sessions, they've espoused that they, they would like by way as part of the analytics strategy. That's great. So that really gives us an overview of the six areas of the village blueprint process that, well, you help your clients go through in order to actually implement their data analytics strategy. In our final, third and final episode next time, we'll talk about implementing the strategy and the reality of how you go about doing that. So I'll look forward to chatting to you next time. Thanks very much for your time today. No, thank you, Lindsay, for getting me on the podcast. I think the final podcast around the implementation will, the key question that's often asked then is, but how much effort will we need to put in, we being the client? And so what I will do is at each section, we can highlight almost in simple percentages, how much effort will need to be input by the client. And let's not think there's no effort. There is effort. You know, none of this is going to happen easily, but we do it within a proven process. That's why we just call it our blueprint. We've done it many times. We tweak it where we know we can improve it based on client feedback. And a key element that comes out in the final piece is the resource implication on the client. And so I will cover that off as best I can in the, in the next podcast. Thanks so much for your time. And I look forward to chatting to you next time. Thanks for listening. Seize the Data is a village software podcast. We design and build incredible software solutions with the single aim of improving your business. Our specialisms are data analytics and business intelligence, bespoke software and enterprise integration. If you've listened this far, then no doubt you're on your own journey of data discovery and transformation. If you'd like our help or just an exploratory chat, you can get in touch with Graham and the team via our website, villagesoftware.co.uk where you'll be able to access lots of resources and insights to help you seize the data.